I kind of like the fact that we're low today because it's kind of the example. My word, what did you do to this, Clancy? Am I that weak or did you just do something to that? So you put a child lock on it? Okay. You guys actually serve as a bit of an illustration of what we're going to talk about today. And um, we'll read the scripture first because that's where we should always start. Uh, And Tegan and um, Charlie, I miss you guys so much because I prefer to read from my Bible. But when I'm having to do the PowerPoint, um, it means I have to operate this also so that all of us can read it together and see it together. So I'm not reading from my Bible today. That makes me sad. This is the Word of the Lord. And we're going to focus on... uh, Resurrection and Easter one more week. We'll go back to our normal thing of doing a series on a book uh, as a church uh, starting next week. But uh, as most of you know, we focus on Advent, we focus on Lent during those time periods. And for if you're from a liturgical church, a church that is a little more formal and such, you'll talk about, the, uh, about Easter for a few weeks afterwards. So this is typically known as the second week of Easter. It's an Easter season or Easter tide uh, rather than just Easter Sunday. And in evangelical churches or, or um, more Protestant churches, quite often it's just known as Easter Sunday. And what I like about the season is it's this mindset of resurrection is not just something that just happens once. It's going to happen again for all the believers, but also it can be lived out in our lives now. And what I like about you guys being low here today is I think the tendency is for us to think, oh, we build up to Easter, we hit Easter, and then we don't focus on the resurrection at all. Um, Katie mentioned like maybe last week everybody got their church for uh, for the month and now they're taking a break off. Was that Lindsay? Oh, I'm sorry. Lindsay mentioned that, excuse me. Uh, And I do think quite often we think like that, like, oh, now we can breathe. I mean, we're a really small church, and we don't do a lot of things on purpose, okay? Literally, one of our, uh, our dreams as a church is to not do things that are not, not meaningful. We're not going to just do a program because we're supposed to do a program. So we purposely try to make it to where, as church members, you're not busy. Some of us have been a part of church where they were asking you to do something every day, and instead we want to live out faith. But even in such a small church with not a lot going on. I'm worn out by the end of Holy Week, to be completely honest. Just worn out. I feel that. <sighs> but the reality is, the resurrection is not something that you reach and then you go. <sighs> so we're going to talk about the resurrection again today. We're going to start in the book of Acts, and this is going to be a short sermon. Uh, from the fifth chapter, uh, I actually added a little bit of uh, Scripture here, so not writing it. I added some to the, what was supposed to be talked about. This is what it says. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. So the reason they were filled with jealousy is Peter and the apostles began to speak. These people who were scared to death of servant girls saying you were associated with Jesus which we know, okay, servant girl accuses Peter of being one of the Nazarenes with Jesus, and he denies it completely, says, I do not know the man. He goes from this person who's scared of someone who has no authority over him whatsoever to now he is preaching in public, and he's thrown in jail as a result of it. They arrested the apostles, put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. 
Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors, but when they opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priest were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then some came and said, Look, the men, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went Uh, with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand, prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things. So is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given uh, to those who obey him. I want to talk about celebrity endorsements for a little while. I have to be completely honest and say this is the first time in my life I've ever brought up Taylor Swift in a uh, message, nothing opposed to her. Uh, I never dated her, so she never wrote a song about me or anything like that. Okay, I kind of thought that was funny. Uh, it's the only thing I actually know about Taylor Swift is that she writes songs about uh, people that she used to date. But I want to talk about celebrity endorsements because they're all around us. Okay, so every now and then you do things to make people happy. What you guys didn't know is that Parker Palmer, so the two videos we had today, one was from Greg Boyd and the other was from Parker Palmer, one of my wife's heroes. So I I earned bonus points just by showing that video. Also, he's from Wisconsin. He's a pretty awesome guy. Um, But we like these people that that we respect and we want to hear what they kind of support. And so companies pay people to do this. So like apparently Coke paid Taylor Swift some money to have a picture taken. I don't know if she uses it or not. I put this next one in because I really care for Clancy. Apparently, David Beckham was once paid to support fish sticks. Now, I got to be completely honest. If you don't know who David Beckham is, he's like one of the greatest soccer players ever. Uh, He used to be known for this shot where he would bend the ball a certain way. Uh, He's also known because he's like apparently a really good looking guy. And he, is it Posh Spice that he's married to? So, and I don't remember her name. Victoria Beckham. There we go. Thank you. Yes. So I got to be honest, when I think of fish sticks, I don't think of David Beckham. But I put this in here because Clancy's a football fan. Here's another one that I just find kind of odd. This is because I'm an Alabama football fan and I love the Packers. Eddie Lacy was once an advertisement for an A&W hamburger. If you want to think of you know, something destining you for that, I mean, the whole complaint against Eddie Lacy is he may have eaten too many hamburgers, but this was his advertisement. Here's the one I really don't get at all. Ozzy Osbourne was once a celebrity spokesman for I can't believe it's not butter. I don't get it. What I know is in advertising, people pay celebrities to say, I love this product. 
But the gold standard of advertising is something that exists within our church, and that is word of mouth, where people say, I love this product. The reason I say it exists within our church, we could go through and list the number of things that you know people in the church have kind of just absorbed because somebody else in the church was like, I love this. I'll give you one example. These are two that have influenced my life. This is Ting Mobile. At one time, like half the church was using Ting Mobile. They're, they were a Canadian company. They've now been bought out, and the service is not quite as good as it used to be, which is why a lot of the people in the church are now going out elsewhere. But like at one time, about half the church, and this was pre-pandemic when there were a lot of people that would be here on a Sunday morning, were using Ting Mobile. Here's another one that I, I just find interesting. Uh, if you come to the small group on Wednesday, almost everybody there is going to be wearing darn tough socks. That started from several people going, I really like these socks. As a matter of fact, when I was talking with Clancy today and I said, just so you know, I put one slide in just because you're my buddy and I just want to make you happy. And Do you like David Beckham? <laughs> Okay, because I told you, I was like, you might not like the guy, but just know I put that in there because I love you. Um, but as I'm telling him about like, hey, I'm, he, he was like, what do you think praise is? And I said, well, I think it's, it's talking about the good attributes of something. Um, and I said, I'm actually talking about that today in the message. And I said, the example of darn tough socks. And he immediately went and said, did you know that you can find those at Happy Feet here in town? We are beginning to not only advertise the product, but where you can buy them. Think about in your life right now. Think of things that you have brought into your life because of the fact that somebody else said, this product, this service, this person really influences my life in a good way. See, with, with personal endorsements, with word-of-mouth advertising, what happens is these ripples happen where one person says, I really like darn tough socks. Just in case you're curious, yes, I am wearing darn tough socks today. I made sure that I was going to be wearing them because I thought somebody might go, what are these socks that you were talking about? Tell me more about them. Because it begins to spread out where maybe Adam Holty was the first person to be wearing uh, darn tough socks and then I'm wearing them and then other people are wearing them. Uh, and then you're giving them out as gifts to other people. Matter of fact, did I bring it? I didn't bring it. I had a flashlight I was going to give away because I, I'm in love with this new flashlight. It's a Coast flashlight. You should get it. I'll post it later on. It's just a wonderful thing. See, what happens is these ripples spread out. That's why advertisers love it so much and they want it. Matter of fact, this is a personal note. Till We Have Faces is the greatest book that has ever been written. You should all read it. This is me encouraging you to read it, mainly because of this. Because my wife and my kids know that it is my favorite book on the face of the planet. I read it about once a year. They have all read it and they all hate it. And I need somebody else to read it and tell me how wonderful it is so we can talk about it. Okay? Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. I love it. I have copies. I will either loan or give to you. Here's why this matters. We just heard a story about the apostles going and spreading the good news of the resurrection and being arrested for it. And then they are set free by an angel. And the angel tells them to do one thing. He says this. I say he. Angels don't have sex. So go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. 
Now in the church, the word we use for telling other people about this new life is evangelism. But what happens so often in the church is we say it's about convincing other people to believe in Jesus. But this angel didn't tell them, go and prove that Jesus was raised from the dead. Didn't say, go and prove that the, whole, the Old Testament uh, sets this down as fact. He said, go and tell them about the new life. What has happened in your life because Jesus was raised from the dead? Share that with others. Here, here's some of the things that are in the book of Acts that have happened because of the resurrection of Jesus. I've mentioned one already, and that is that Peter, who was scared of a slave girl, and, and the reason I bring up slave girl is you need to understand how little authority she had over Peter. And he was scared of her accusation. Not only was she a slave and therefore less than human, but she was a woman. And, and as bad as it is at that time, women were considered property generally. They couldn't even testify typically. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's part of the reason it was so amazing that the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus were women because they could not have testified to it in court. Peter was scared of someone who had no authority over him. And he goes from that to this. This is one of the greatest proofs of the resurrection there is because if it had all been a lie, they would have never sacrificed their lives. If it had all been a lie, they would have never gone from cowards to people who were still scared but brave enough to stand up. The resurrection brought this about. What else? At the end of the same chapter, you see where these people that live in a society where divisions matter. If you want to know anything about the Roman Empire, what you need to know is status was the most important thing. Like Status matters to us, nothing like the Romans. The greatest honor you could have as a Roman military official was to have what was known as a triumph. A triumph was where you were able to ride at the head of a military parade through the streets of Rome and you were given the great honor of owning a purple robe. You would sit at, that, at the head and you would ride in your purple robe because you represented Saturn. Matter of fact, one of the speculations on why Caesar was killed was that he wore his purple robe too often. I try to wear a sweater vest every day, if possible. I get excited when the weather cools down enough for me to wear a sweater vest. I think it is the perfect clothing. It keeps your core warm without your arms getting hot. Freedom, in case somebody attacks me, I can respond because my limbs are loose. But nobody ever goes, you wear a sweater vest too much, I'm going to kill you. Status was everything. And what happens in the early church? Suddenly, people of all ages, economics, slaves and masters come together, and what do they do? They share everything together. This is a miracle of the resurrection. Rome was not opposed to, to new religions at all. They would let you celebrate any, anything. What they were opposed to was the destruction of their society. And this was going to change and did change Rome. This was a miracle of the resurrection. What else? Well, this. Uh, there was healings that take, took place. 
Peter goes and begins to heal people when he struggled beforehand. He operates in the power of the Holy Spirit because of the resurrection. Lives are changed. Economic situations are changed. Uh, illness is taken away. People are brought back, and this is part of, uh, part of the biggest thing that we often don't talk about in healings, but so often in uh, ancient Near Eastern Jewish society, your disease separated you from everyone else. So not, not only were you sick, but you were also separated from the ones you loved. And healings, and this reason I use healing rather than just curing, it was not just curing the disease, but it was healing that relationship, and they were brought back into society. This is a miracle of the resurrection. And we just read about another one. They were literally released from jail. They were set free from this. Peter was to go and talk about what has happened because Jesus is raised from the dead. Now, the formulas are not bad, okay? The formulas on, on trying to say, this is what the gospel means. They're not bad, but so often we focus on that. There's some that I like. One of my favorite stories ever is about a friend of mine who really liked this, this formula that's known as faith. And I hold my hand up because it, F-A-I-T-H. And you would use your, your fingers and the, the word faith to talk about what does Jesus do in our life? And he, this wonderful minister uh, would go down to Nicaragua every year. It's how I started going down to Nicaragua. And he was down in Nicaragua, and he was talking with a translator, and he decided he was going to share the gospel, and he worked through the formula. And he said, F stands for, and the translator did it. A stands for, and the translator did it. I stands for, and the translator did it. T stands for, and the translator did it. H stands for, and the translator did it. Until finally somebody in the group whispered to our, our uh, translator, and her name was Claudia, and said, Faith doesn't work in Spanish, does it? And she smiled and shook her head and said, don't worry, I, I made sure they understood. I told him at the beginning, he's going to spell out something, but it doesn't work in Spanish. I'll tell you what it means later on. See, we come up with these formulas. You may have heard the Roman road or these others. And we feel like we have to memorize them to suddenly be able to tell people what the gospel's about. But what the angel said was go and tell them about the new life. Go and tell them about the new life. It's something every one of us in this room, every one of us on video can do. Go and tell them what Jesus has done in your life. We sing about that pretty regularly, okay? We sing Amazing Grace pretty regularly. It comes, uh, one line of it comes from the healing of the blind man, and he's brought before uh, the Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, hey, tell Je say Jesus is a sinner, and the blind man, or formerly blind man's response is this. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. That's my encouragement for us, Okay is to just go and say, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And that's really easy. This past week, there's a group of people that I meet with. We jokingly refer to ourselves as the heretics uh, because we talk about faith and science. Um, and uh, one of them is a professor, and he was talking about how uh, he talked about his faith with his students. And he said, I'm in a public university. I'm not supposed to, uh, to proselytize, and I don't. But I will just say, uh, during my class, I learned this in my church this week when it relates to what he's talking about. All he does is share what's really important to him and in his life. 
going back to, uh, to word of mouth advertising. I'm not talking about advertising here. Think of all the things that you share with someone else. That you have said, I love this. A TV show. A book. Music. If you look on my Spotify playlist, almost everything there that is not from the 1980s comes from the fact that one of my kids said, Dad, I think you'll really like this. And then invariably, I listen to it because I like the stuff that they recommend. Think of the things that are a part of your life that are in your house now, that are in your vehicles, that maybe you're wearing right now, that are there because someone else said, hey, Rob, I think you'd like this. And if we're going to say that Jesus is Lord of our life, how can we not share that too? And it doesn't mean you have to go out and be all super religious. It just means to say, well, in my case, I was incredibly alone as a teen. As a young teen, I felt lonely all the time. The greatest thing that Jesus has done in my life is I never, ever feel lonely anymore. I love being alone now, and yet I'm never lonely. It's the biggest thing He's done in my life other than forgiving me of my sin. And it's something I can share anytime. One of my favorite lines is, my faith teaches me this. That very rarely offends anybody because all I'm doing is sharing something that means something to me. I'm not asking you to go out on the street corners and hit somebody over the head with the Bible. I mean, if they attack you and you have a Bible with you, yeah, hit them on the head with that, okay? That's fine. I'm not asking you to go out there and get all the religious t-shirts you can. I'm asking you to do with the resurrection what you're already doing with all these other things. Now, that is a threat. I love the phrase that, that Parker Palmer uh, used from the poet, the threat of resurrection. Because the reality is, there are a lot of things that are about death that people are recommending. And the things where we say, I'm not alone because of the fact that, that I know that Jesus loves me, that can be a threat. But at that point, we are sharing what really matters to us. So, before I tell you what I think we can do with this this week, does anybody have anything to share? Anything to add? Okay. Clancy, you looked up. That, that always makes me think you're thinking of something. No, don't hold your tongue. I like what you say. I'm going to have to repeat it, though, because they won't hear you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It is a great, it's a great thing that it is ultimately not our responsibility. You could say it's our responsibility to open our mouths. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not about what well, Paul says. You know, it's not about his worldly wisdom and such. We speak and the, the Spirit speaks through us. And I think one of the greatest way, ways the Spirit speaks through us is just when we say, well, we talked earlier about praise, and I, I described loving the word worthy. Because worthy is just saying, this is worth this. Okay, I want you to think for a second of something that you have bought. And you, you may have bought it, and then you had buyer's remorse right after it. 
I want you to think of something that you bought and you're like, I don't regret for a second spending the money I spent on this. This has been the greatest thing ever. It's a wonderful feeling, okay? I don't know about you, but like when I have to spend a lot of money for something, I hate buying vehicles. Uh, my dad loved buying vehicles. I cannot stand buying vehicles because I always think that's a lot of money and I've had like one lemon in my life and that one lemon just always comes back like that was a lot of money. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to make the wrong decision. But like the past two cars we've bought, I have praised to other people because I haven't regretted a dime that I spent on them. They've been wonderful. They've just, I think you would agree. Yeah, they've just been wonderful. They're worthy. And I think when we talk about how God is worthy, how Jesus is worthy, and how he's worthy because this has happened in my life. I was fearful, now I'm not. I may still be anxious, but now I have someone to turn to. I, I, I have seen things happen, and it reminds me that God is, is taking care of me also. When we talk about how worthy he is, one, I don't think that's a great burden, but two, it is a wonderful what we would call witness. Anybody else before I, I end? Yeah, Katie. I'm going to back up a little bit because I can hear myself ringing. We're on the verge of feedback right there. No, no, Kate, it's not weird because I love the fact that you're like, I'm hesitant to be pushy on my faith. And I, I'm not encouraging anybody to push it, uh, to be pushy. What I'm encouraging you to do instead is to, to lean into the fun. It's fun to share about things that we love. Uh, case in point, so if you saw me look at my watch, I was not checking, your, checking the time. My phone sends partial messages to my watch. Um, and I know for a fact that Ellen Strong just messaged and said, just in case you're wondering, darn tough is it Fleet Farm too. Guys, we love to share the things that matter to us. And what I'm saying is Jesus matters to you already. It's really okay to share. It's really okay to go, I know you're hurting right now. Can I tell you what helps me when I hurt? You don't have to convince anybody then. You can just say, my faith really helps me then. What Jesus went through really helps me. That's what the angel asked Peter to do. Actually, he didn't ask him. That's what the angel commanded Peter to do. Go and tell of the new life. Share your new life with others. The wonderful thing is, it creates ripples. I.e., Helen, Ellen Strong saying, you can get darn tough at Fleet Farm too. Go and create some ripples. My encouragement this week is simply this. Share with somebody else what God has done in your life. You don't have to convince them of anything else. Just simply say, this is what my faith has done for me. This is what Jesus has done for me. 
Would you join with me in our closing prayer, please? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. This week, go and live out the resurrection. Let God do great things in your life because Jesus has defeated death, He's defeated evil, He's defeated sin. We don't have to fear them anymore. And while you're doing that, share with somebody else what the new life is. Tell them what God's done in your life. Have a great week. If you're on video, have a great week. Thank you for joining us.